Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Executive Producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasalan. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadet. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu alaikum. Greetings and may peace be upon you all. Welcome, welcome everybody. Grand rising, buenos dias. It's a beautiful sunny day in hot Florida. Florida has been really uh, in the 90s lately. Well, it's a, yeah, late, early 90s, or so we're hot in Florida. So I'm dressed for the weather. Thank you, thank you for joining me this morning. We've got a great show. We're healing our mind and body and spirit while living in Babylon. I had a Facebook friend send me a message about Babylon, and um, I thought, okay, what does that even mean, and uh, how can we – move the scales up, the vibration up to heal whatever's going on in Babylon. So we're going to learn about Babylon. In case you don't know what Babylon is, especially the biblical understanding that many of us uh, grew up with, studied, we're going to bring you into um, that knowledge of Babylon. But I've got an amazing interview um, of Malcolm X's daughter. And we're going to talk about ACEs today, adverse childhood experience, because if we're going to heal the mind, body, and spirit, we need to be conscious of the childhood, adverse childhood experiences 
that affected this mind, body, spirit, temple we live in. So you don't want to miss this show. It's going to free you today. You're going to be freed and healed and enlightened. I know why you came early this morning to do some joint rolling. And I realized um, joint, what we do every Friday morning, not just lubricates the joints. It actually improves your circulation, okay? And I haven't mentioned that before. I apologize for not mentioning that before because that is so important, especially for someone like me who's had issues uh, with circulation, cold, hands, that type of thing. I realize now that my um, circulation has improved because I do joint rolling and because I move my feet and ankles back and forth. So that's what helps to improve your circulation. What we do are breathing, deep breathing, inhaling, inhaling, exhaling, and the, the, the movement of joints all improve circulation, your lymphatic system, and lubricate your joints. So you don't want to miss Friday mornings with me, or at least do them every morning before you get out of bed so that your body is functioning at its best as you move around on this planet to bring more light, to bring more consciousness, to bring more love, love, love. That's what our music is all about, that we play, Time for Healing. It's about bringing more love to the planet. We need it desperately because people are confused. And that's part of what Babylon is. Babylon is all babble, 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 babble. Remember the Tower of Babel. Babylon is all about confusion. So we're going to break through some of that confusion today by, first of all, looking at the history that included Malcolm X, whose birthday uh, we're celebrating or honoring today. And then we're going to go into ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences, because you can't heal you can't heal the body, mind, spirit if you don't recognize and honor the journey or the movie. Let's just say the movie you were in as a child that had all kinds of confusion and drama in it. So we want to heal all that today, at least uh, begin the healing because it is a process. So let us do some joint rolling. Whether you're in a wheelchair or fully functional in limbs, legs, arms, you can do this joint rolling. And we start with our neck. We're going to start with our neck, rolling our neck around to loosen up not just the neck muscles, but actually the back muscles, upper back and shoulder. Then we go to the shoulder uh, joints, rolling those forward and back. Then we get on our back, kick up our legs and arms, and roll around our wrists and ankles, which is, again, improving your circulation. So even if you can... Sit in a wheelchair and stretch those legs out. Roll those ankles around. Push them back and forth. That is improving your circulation. So let's get, first of all, let us breathe together. I sometimes neglect to do this, which is so important. And let's keep this breathing up throughout the, the exercise movement. So breathing in through the nose, inhaling. Inhale, 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 hold it, hold it, and exhale through the mouth or the nose, whatever is comfortable for you. really doesn't matter just as long as you exhale, unless you're doing a specific breath work. Inhaling in and out of the nose is my preference, but sometimes I do mouth, exhale, 
Inhale, 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 inhale. Hold it and exhale. And one more time before we start rolling. Inhale through the nose, inhale. Deep breath in, deep breath. Get that oxygen moving through the head to the from the head to the toe. Inhaling, inhaling, inhaling. And exhale. All right. So we're balancing the energy inside the temple. And that will have no effect on us because we are building up the temple of Yah, the temple of the Creator. This is not a Babylon, Babel, a Tower of Babel. This is a temple of Yah. And that's how we heal uh, our. Our temple is first consciousness about who are we? Who are we? I was listening to an audio someone sent me about God. Who is God? It was great. It was a great teaching. It went into African history and all this. But we need more consciousness about who we are in this temple. So I'm going to start the music, and we're going to start with neck rolling, shoulder rolling. Then we're going to get on our back and kick up our legs and do our ankles and wrists and our elbows and knees and then get our whole leg moving, improve our circulation and lymph flow and more. So let's get busy. Hard to cover, and this 
Rub those hands together one more time. Rub those hands together. Get the heat going, heat going, heat going. 
Rub the hands together, get the heat going, going, and place those hands behind your neck. Squeeze and release. You should feel that all the way to your toes. That's how powerful it is to squeeze and release. Place your hands back there on your vagus nerve and get all those nerves waking up, waking them up with shoulders all the way back there in the neck. Squeeze to the shoulders. Give those shoulders some love, love, love. Breathe in, breathe in, breathe in. Exhale. Exhale. Shake it out, shake it out. Now let's just pat down the arm. The arm, pat down the arm. Under the arm. Give your thymus gland. Thymus gland sits right here in the middle of your chest. Key, key, key for building and keeping your immune. Pat around the breast. Grab those breasts. Love those breasts. Tell them how much you love them. Pat under the breast, massage under the breast, go down to the navel area and pat around that microbiome area. Your army, give your army a little boost there. Love, 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 love. And then let's not forget our kidneys and adrenal glands. Those are key spots back here. Key spots back here. Rub, give a rub to your kidneys and adrenal glands. Pat rubs that keep our body strong and detox. Love, 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 love. All right, we did it. Thank you, thank you for joining me. It's so powerful when collectively we love ourselves. And that's what we do every Friday morning with our joint. We're loving ourselves. Fly first, love yourself every morning. Get out of bed. Don't get out of bed before you roll these joints and say love prayers, love affirmations. Deep breath in, deep breath in, and exhale. Feel the love flowing through your veins now. Inhale, 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 and exhale. All right, we are ready to begin healing the mind, body, and spirit while living in Babylon. What does that mean? Well, today is the birth date of Malcolm X. Uh, I was sent a text last night by my brother Kwame to remind me. I thought, wow, that's a good idea. Or that's a good thought to have of remind, remembering Malcolm X. There might be a generation out there that doesn't know who he is. In fact, I greeted my grandchildren this morning. I said, do you know who Malcolm X is? And, of course, they said no because they're seven and uh, they're six and eight, soon to be seven and nine. And they said, no, okay, I want you to do your homework. Then you find out who Malcolm X is today. So with their dad's help and my help, they're going to know who Malcolm X is. We continue Black History Month throughout the year because it's American history. And when a birthday comes up of someone who's so significant as Malcolm X, we want to spend a little time, I say, honoring him, remembering him, and learning more than anything, learning from him. So I'm going to share with you as I move to my studio. I'm going to move from my living space. You can see all my beautiful plants on the ceiling there. I've got plants growing really nicely. I think they love my music. That's the key to make to healthy plants now is music. But we're going to listen to um, an interview that was done uh, on 60 Minutes with um the daughter of Malcolm X, Mr. Farrakhan. Very interesting. 
And this fits, interestingly, it fits right into my show today because we're going to talk about ACEs. We've got to be reminded about ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences. Yesterday on the uh, Dr. Debbie Green show, they talked a lot about relationships, problems with relationships. And I have to throw in there that all relationships are affected by ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences. So I'm going to explore that today with you and remind you today. And this first audio you're going to hear of the daughter of Malcolm X, uh, being interviewed on 60 Minutes with Minister Farrakhan, Introduction to ACEs. ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences, one of the worst ACEs would be to see your father shot down in cold blood murder. This is what his daughter experienced. She was in that room when her father, Malcolm X, was shot. So I don't know what she's suffering with now, but you can bet. She shows it in her in the interview how hard heart wrenching that was, and that's what I want to share with you this morning. And I actually have the video of that, so we're going to see it. Uh, I think I have the video. We're going to see that video that was done on 60 Minutes. Uh, I think I have it. Let's see. We're going to see. Uh, let's see that it's so because it's key to look at I think um, the faces of Minister Farrakhan and this daughter outdoor season. Did you know this the daughter who was interviewing with and how and how much courage it took for her to even be in that room with him. So I'm going to play that for you along with the audio. Let's do this. Okay, go back here. Share my screen and watch this interview with Mike Wallace and Mike Wallace and Malcolm X's daughter. Because why, if you just joined us, today is the birthday of Malcolm X. And actually, this clip fits right in with uh, my topic, ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences and um, Malcolm and um, healing from that. And here's the part of it. That's 60 Minutes Rewind. Malcolm X was murdered 35 years ago in 1965. Today, the black revolutionary, once feared and misunderstood, enjoys a popularity and respect reserved for leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. The autobiography of Malcolm X was named by Time magazine as one of the ten most important nonfiction books of the last century. And Denzel Washington was nominated for an Academy Award for his portrayal of Malcolm in Spike Lee's film. Who killed Malcolm X? Three black Muslims, members of the Nation of Islam, were convicted. Two of them served 20 years. The third is still not free. But the current leader of the Nation of Islam, Louis Farrakhan, has long been suspected as the instigator, the behind-the-scenes force who triggered the killing. Malcolm's late widow believed that, as do his children to this day. But now, finally... Natalie Shabazz, the eldest daughter of Malcolm X, and Louis Farrakhan, agreed to talk about the assassination for the first time in front of a reporter. For Shabazz, not without some misgivings. I did not know if I wanted to sit. 
across from him. I didn't know if my heart could handle it. Didn't know if she could sit with a man she still holds responsible for her father's death. Confronting Minister Farrakhan would not be easy, and for strength, she told us, she summoned the memory of her parents. Before I came here, I prayed and included my parents. They had to walk with me to the airport. They had to get me out of that hotel and into the property here. You see, Adela Shabazz was there in the Audubon Ballroom in 1965 in New York to watch her father make a speech. She was there with her two younger sisters and her pregnant mother. And Atla, only six years old, watched as gunmen killed her father. Here's how her late mother, Betty Shabazz, described the murder. I heard shots, and I saw people crawling on the floor. I saw, and so I got down, too. Then when I was looking out, and I saw um, someone... Um, look in amazement to the front. I knew they had shot my husband. And my children were crying, you know, what's going on, what's going on, are they going to shoot us? I'm a child with a forever memory of the most significant man in my life standing at a podium and falling backwards. That's forever. Miss Shabazz, for several months I carried the picture of your father with all of these bullet holes in his chest. And I looked at the man that taught me, the man that nurtured me, the man that was the example of a man to me. And I wept. His pain came from their shared history. As is well known, Malcolm was a dope peddler and street hustler. But during his seven years in prison, he was introduced to the teachings of Elijah Muhammad, considered a holy man by his followers in the nation of Islam. And eventually, Malcolm became the spokesman for the nation, at the time preaching that the white man was evil and calling for the separation of the races. And along the way, Louis Farrakhan, a former nightclub singer, became Malcolm's student, his acolyte. And Malcolm taught Farrakhan how to live as a black Muslim. Example, Nation of Islam members don't eat pork, don't smoke, don't drink alcohol, and do not have sex outside marriage. It is worthy, if you will, of expulsion. That is correct. Adultery. That is correct. Fornication was worthy of expulsion. But in 1963, Malcolm X learned that Elijah Muhammad himself had repeatedly committed adultery with some of his teenage secretaries and had children with them. Malcolm agonized over his discovery, and in June of 1964, he told me about it. And he called some of these women who were living in Los Angeles at the time and let me listen to the conversation. And it became apparent that he was telling the truth. He told you about that, yes? Mm -hmm. At the same time, Malcolm was aware of other tensions growing within the nation of Islam for his popularity had begun to surpass that of Elijah Muhammad. There was a dynamic inside of the nation that troubled Brother Malcolm at the highest echelon of leadership. Well, the fact of the there matter... There was envy. Okay. There was envy. Envy of Malcolm. Of Malcolm. By there you? Was, no, never by me. 
Never by you. Never by me. Never. I truly loved this man. Who envied him? There are those in the circle who feared Mm -hmm. the kind of publicity that he was getting, the kind of attention that he was getting. He was the most vocal. He was the most loved. He was the most honored and respected. And he outshone the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. In certain areas, yes. In 1964, Malcolm X broke with the Nation of Islam to form his own organization based on orthodox Muslim principles, which include a respect for all races and religions. And how did Louis Farrakhan react? He began writing incendiary editorials in the Nation of Islam's newspaper. Let me read you what you wrote in December of 1964. The die is set and Malcolm shall not escape especially after such evil, foolish talk about his benefactor, Elijah Muhammad, in trying to rob him of the divine glory which Allah has bestowed upon him. Such a man as Malcolm is worthy of death. This was only two months before he was shot down. That is why people believe that you were responsible for the death of Malcolm X. No, not at all. My name was not among those at that time who were considered the players. Nonetheless, following those editorials, Malcolm and his family received numerous death threats from whom no one knows for sure. Are you not perhaps afraid of what might happen to you as a result of making these revelations? Oh, yes. I probably am a dead man already. But Farrakhan says that Elijah Muhammad had issued a warning to his followers. Leave Minister Malcolm alone. Those were orders. Those were instructions to us. Leave this man alone. But in February of 1965, while the family was asleep, Malcolm's home in New York was firebombed. And just one week later, 39-year-old Malcolm X was gunned down by members of the Nation of Islam. But there are those who still believe the government had a hand in Malcolm's death. Fact is, for years, the FBI and the New York City police had Malcolm X under surveillance. Malcolm was not killed because, just because he made those revelations public. Wasn't there a deeper meaning that the government of the United States under J. Edgar Hoover wanted no black messiah to rise that could unify the nationalists? And is it not true that the government of the United States spied on all black leaders? And is it not true that the government had people on the side of Malcolm and people on the side of Elijah Muhammad that kept this thing going? This is bigger than the nation of Islam. Even so, Atala Shabazz says her father knew the names of the nation of Islam members who'd been assigned to kill him. Did your father not have a list of the people? Oh, my father knew everybody, personally. The people who were out to kill him? The list was longer than those who actually pulled the trigger. People from the Newark Mosque are the men who did it, yes? Now, you you ask me, yes. Most of them, from what I understand, were from the Newark Mosque. And the night it happened, you were at the Newark Mosque? That is correct. Coincidence? Well, look, the minister... You're from Boston. Of course I'm from Boston. 
Farrakhan explained that he'd simply come to Newark, New Jersey that night to preach in the place of that mosque's minister, who, says Farrakhan, was preaching in New York. Although for decades he's tried to distance himself from the actual murder, just seven years ago he was still charging that Malcolm had deserved punishment. And if we've dealt with him like a nation deals with a traitor, what the hell business is it of yours? But now Louis Farrakhan, recuperating from prostate cancer and facing his own mortality, has a different appreciation of Malcolm X, and he wanted Adela Shabazz to know it. He did most of the talking during our four-hour meeting. Finally, Shabazz could no longer hold back 35 years of anguish. Indeed, the FBI probably had something to do with it. But we have to say that adult men between the ages of 20 and 40, black faces who chose to put a trigger in their hands and unload until it was empty, have to be culpable. You can't keep pointing the finger because this was my father was not killed from a grassy knoll. And I have sisters who are spun out into this environment as tumbleweed, unhealed. We knew to stay silent because as a child, I thought it could happen to me. That if I spoke up or said something, they'd take my mother, they'd take one of us. I got to hear reports of the traitor deserved it, so it never could go away. Those reports didn't come from the government. Those reports did not come from the police. They came from the tan and brown and black faces that once claimed themselves as family members. May I, um, Mr. Barsay, they say hindsight is twenty-twenty vision. I wish that Malcolm X were alive today and not dead. Yes, it is true that black men pull the trigger. We cannot deny any responsibility in this. Where we are responsible, where our hands are a part of this, we beg God's mercy and forgiveness. What did you expect to come out of this conversation? What did you hope would come? I genuinely hope that perhaps a healing can come to Ms. Shabazz and her family. As I may have been complicit in words that I spoke leading up to February 21st, I acknowledge that and regret that any word that I have said caused the loss of life of a human being. Just this past week, Atala Shabazz gave me her reaction to the meeting. Quote, he has never admitted this before, publicly, until now. He's never caressed my father's children. I thank him for acknowledging his culpability, and I wish him peace. Unquote. Malcolm X would have been 75 years old this month. And of course, that interview is old. He would have been 98 this month. Today we honor our brother Malcolm X. And we honor the lessons, the lessons that his death bring us. 
a, a daughter who still today has not healed. As she said, her sister's unhealed. And this, we're going to go in after the break, we're going to talk about the root cause of that unhealing, adverse childhood experience, what we call ACEs. And the fact that um, Minister Farrakhan apologized on some level is so powerful for the healing to take place. Babylon, still living in Babylon where black men are killing each other. We're still living in this confusion of why are we here on this planet? We're here to love one another. We're here to evolve. We're here to grow. And some are babies in learning this lesson. So today we want to heal while living in Babylon. Because it's still here. There's lots of confusion everywhere. But we want to work through this confusion. And, and uh, we have a, someone who's pressed one. I'll get back to you after the break. Because uh, I had no idea that that interview would kind of uh, bring me into my topic of healing while living in Babylon. But as you heard, Malcolm X's life and death were Babylon experiences especially for his family, his daughter and his wife. And his daughter is now alive. His daughters are still healing. And we have lots of relationships that are, have been affected by that, that family and that, that death and that popular figure, Malcolm X. We honor you, Malcolm. Thank you for your life. Thank you for the lessons. And we're going to talk about the ACEs, the adverse childhood experiences that need to be healed. And as as that um, audio and video demonstrated, part of the healing is an apology from someone like Minister Farrakhan, whose words, very painful and hurtful to her father. So let's take a quick um, break, and we'll be right back after these messages. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Join me and my co-host Kareem Hamid every Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the Female Solution Radio Show as we explore that relationship that is the foundation for our society, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives. Join our discussion as we seek to repair broken family ties and rebuild our community. Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our host. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. Is Monday morning a struggle to get out of bed, into the swing of things? Well, don't worry, you are not alone. Join us for thought-provoking, stimulating, and mindful conversations on higher learning with Zelda Speaks for your Monday morning mindfulness sessions on Blog Talk Radio, The Female Solution, Mondays, 7.30 until 9 a.m. Be sure and send your ideas, thoughts, comments, and suggestions. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit zeldaspeaks.com and send us your info. We'd love to have you. Experience mindfulness moments with the mindfulness slash stress relief coach, Zelda Speaks. And thanks for sharing the mindfulness moment tip of the day. Stay on purpose, stay empowered, and stay tuned to your next session of mindfulness on higher learning with Zelda Speaks. 
make it a mindful day. And thanks for listening. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. from uh, 1965, an interview with the daughter of Malcolm X, whose birthday we're honoring today, and Minister Farrakhan. And I don't know if you heard, but Minister Farrakhan had prostate cancer. He was healing from prostate cancer. I have a client who's healing from prostate cancer. So the healing while living in Babylon, Minister Farrakhan was caught up in Babylon while trying to promote um, the um, the black Muslim philosophy, which was very positive. So we get caught up in Babylon, the confusion that resulted when Malcolm X decided to call out the lifestyle of the leader uh, who was sleeping with young women. Okay, so Babylon is real, right? We, we just the reality. And my, my client that I'm working with with prostate cancer, oh, my goodness, it was so amazing to hear this man talk about his traumas and laugh about them. That's when the healing is working. When you can look back on your traumas, your adverse experiences, and actually laugh, you're in heal mode because it's all one big movie. And before I go to the call, I want to play just one clip that explains what ACEs is all about. We're, we're talking about ACEs this morning because that is the root. That is the root. Well, first of all, let me talk about uh, Babylon. Let me just mention, play this really short clip about what is Babylon because for those of you who have not been Bible Babylon. This is just a short education about what is Babylon. I got the feeling that there's more like me. Born in Babylon, but we just got to be free. Shackles on your feet that you and me can't see, but you can feel them and they're heavy, so you need that key. Ah, greetings, brethren and sisters. Uh, I just wanted to reiterate um, some of the words that I spoke in last week's poetry. Um, this is the weekly word, week two. When I speak of Babel, um, Babylon, I, I don't speak of the ancient times or the ancient civilization. I'm speaking of today, uh, modern day slavery. We are convinced to think that we live in the land of the free. And 
at times I don't feel like that. I wake up every morning, I go to the job that I thought I would love, I thought I would like, that I was convinced that was right for me. Uh, I went to a lot of school to do this and I'm convinced and by all the people that surround me that this is what I need to do for the rest of my life because this is what's right. Um, so sometimes it just doesn't feel right in my heart. It just feels like I'm empty. So I'm getting to the spot in my life where I'm getting tired of taking all the lies, you know. I go to this job. I, drive, I wake up early in the morning. I'm controlled by a system. I drive in my car so I could get money to pay for my car, so that I could get money to pay for my food that the government tries to control and that the government poisons. I go to my job so I could pay for my house. And it's really interesting because there used to be a time where all these things were provided for. All these things were, we worked for these things, but we worked with our hands. We worked with the ultimate partner, Gaia, Mother Nature. Nowadays, it's all about the mighty dollar. Everything is about big business. You can see it when you go into a big city. The first thing you see are the tall buildings. That is a symbol that that city is about money. And it's everywhere in America. Um, you think about times when you would go into a, to the land and you would see a big, big tree. That's when, we, when life was about nature. That's when we were connected. That's when we were one with nature. We were one with people. We got our hands dirty with the soil, the dirt. We were connected with the heartbeat of the land. That is the way we need to return. I'm not here to preach. I'm not here to tell you that I have not been blinded by the politricsters. I'm here to more or less gather. And through my weekly talks and my weekly word, I would like to just spread love like wildfire. Um, I, I would like to provide some tools each week and right now it's just about a gathering of like-minded people that are just in this world to love because when it all comes down to it, that is the one and only truth that, bind, that binds us all. With that, I would like to end our message and say, let us all live with the heartbeat of the land. Namaste and have a great day. Nava Peace Tribe. I'm out. Okay, that was, I thought that was so beautiful. A young brother, and he couldn't be more than 30. Um, There's a millennial, we, let's say, speaking about Babylon, reality for himself in 2023, the tall buildings, the materialism, the work job, 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 no money to pay, the, that's his Babylon, his Babylon, okay? We all have maybe our different perceptions of Babylon. I had a Facebook friend write a post, and this is what stirred my mind thinking about Babylon. She wrote a post that said, forgive them, great mother, pure confusion in a Babylon. Forgive them, great mother, pure confusion. Now, this is a woman whose son, from what I know about her on Facebook, her son had an overdose of fentanyl several years ago, but she's still grieving. And she writes posts like this all the time about Babylon and so forth. And she's in Greece, I can tell. 
and and the conversations I don't even comment often on her post because every comment is so pessimistic and so uh, condescending, and so I usually don't say anything. And I said one thing, and it went into another. And anyway, her her idea pure confusion in Babylon, nothing new. That's why I played that interview with uh, Malcolm X's daughter and Minister Farrakhan. Even 60-some years ago, pure confusion, that minister, uh, that, that Malcolm X, this beautiful soul who came to enlighten us and wake us up and who went through such an amazing journey from prison to being a, a, a dynamic international speaker. Confusion! Babylon, confusion, brothers shot him down because of, I, I have no doubt that the FBI was probably involved, the CIA, this wicked government been working their, their evil deeds in Babylon for years. So when you listen to that interview, you have to know that I don't think it was just the brothers, the, the dark-skinned men, as his daughter said, who were totally responsible, as Minister Farrakhan said, the FBI... Uh, killed and wanted to shoot down Martin Luther King was involved. So we know Babylon is full of confusion. It's not a race thing so much as it is a ignorance and mental imbalance thing, right? So that's where we're going today. We want to heal while living in this drama show, Twilight Zone episode that we're in. It's possible. It's very possible. I, Sunday, I was in a field of sunflowers that were above my head. It was so amazing to find a farm in my area that was growing sunflowers that were taller than me. The energy from that alone was so healing, just to look at all these. And I've got one here in my house. They gave some free. Anyway, part of the healing is understanding aces. As uh, Malcolm X's daughter mentioned, her sisters are still unhealed from this ACEs, Adverse Childhood Event, one event of many that causes us to go into uh, lack of homeostasis, go into dis-ease, sickness, illness. So let me go to the phones before I continue with um, my ACEs exploration and get your thoughts. Uh, so far on Malcolm X or childhood events or healing in general in Babylon. So 312-597, your mic is open. Yeah, good morning. This is uh, Kufi James. Good morning, Kufi James. Prince of my family. Hallelujah. uh, Hallelujah. You know, I uh, grew up during that time of um, leaders popping up. Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, and as a little kid, I was like maybe six or seven. Right. And I remember my mom told me. I remember my mom told me, you know, I used to always ask her, you know, what is, you know, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, what are they talking about? And she told me, don't pay them no attention. Okay. Go back there and 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 uh, water the garden. They okay. focus on what we're doing, okay? And I remember that because when people pop out and start saying we, we, and, and I, did, I did some uh, research. Malcolm X said seven days before he got shot that Plymouth Rock 
landed on us. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Well, in other words, he's saying right. we ain't from Africa. We were already here. Martin Luther King, seven days before he got killed, he said the same thing. That's how you get out of Babylon. You don't, the lies pull you in. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been doing this for 15 years, and now it's taking root. And people are, are really listening to me now. And I got so many youth are accepting this and realizing that no one is from Africa. We never brought, we never was brought from Africa. That is a Freemason lie. So whoever's saying that, they're Freemasons to keep us in bondage. Once you realize that you're not from Africa, you walk in peace in your own ancestors' land. You see? Right. Okay. So okay. Thank you. So I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know how I got out. I'm letting you know how I got out of Babylon and how I stay out of Babylon because the okay. ones who, who think they're the ones who think they're African Americans, they're the ones out here causing beef. They're the ones out here causing uh, issues and problems. Go on the internet and look at it. Yeah, I, Talk I about have black to. Folks and how how and how that you know, huh? And so yeah, I, I, my childhood, my childhood. Um, you know, was was great because my mother told me, pay them, no mind. Pay them, no mind. And I feel sorry for what happened to Malcolm X, but I, I'll say this, and I'll say this for the last time, and I'll hang up. When people out here start saying we instead of I, and you never met them, don't include yourself with them. It's, it's, it's a scam. All right. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And so Brother Kufi is giving us a very enlightened, uh, unique perspective on history. Because I'm one myself, I don't really consult, consider myself an African-American, but I got this curl, these cosmic curls that you only see from people from Africa. So there's a connection there somehow. My father was very dark. My mother was Native American, straighter hair. But there's a connection to Africa. I don't know if my ancestors came over on a boat or not. I'm still, I'm like Kofi. I'm questioning all that history. But the, the idea is we all had a connection with Malcolm X because the community was listening to him, and he he raised many people up after coming out of prison and all that. So, and I don't feel sorry about anything that happened to anybody because I believe it's all a lesson for us to grow if we are consciously awake, taking taking note of what is the lesson. Just like his daughter said, her, her sisters are unhealed. So we listening, observing that drama and her story can heal by honoring him, first of all, the lessons that we can learn from his life and the connection with the black Muslims and all that. And then we can move forward with healing so that this next generation can be better than we were or the last one because we don't fall for the lies. As Kufi said, there's so many lies we've fallen for the only a true African-American is someone like Elon Musk. He was born there, and he's now in, in America. We ain't no, we don't have that hit that exact history. But let me go to another caller before I go to my ACES uh, uh, our, our audio. 
31271. Your mic is open. Welcome. We are in Yashalom. We are in Yashalom. Who are we don't die? We multiply. Black is beautiful as you are, Dr. B. And uh, uh, Black Power Forever. Uh, uh, thank, thank you. you. This is Minister Plump, Robert Lloyd Plump from Chicago, Illinois. And yes, I'd just like to say, first of all, that uh, we still in Babylon. <laughs> you know. Yes, ma'am. And as a result, uh, you know, Babylon is known as Babylon the Great in the ancient days and is also known, uh, you know, in uh, as Babylon the Great in the present day. However, God got this. You know, when I say God, I say that uh, God is love. And uh, I'm also... Uh, uh, not a victim, but an experience in prostate cancer. But uh, the first thing I want to say is that I believe in God and I believe in miracles. And my prostate uh, cancer uh, situation is zero zero point one, and that's a healing. And healing, uh, you know, every word comes with a number, and that number is uh, 23. And thank God for you today, Dr. V, and honoring uh, Malcolm X. I do that, too, with you today. And uh, 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 23 is a business number, and it's a way of life. And God uh, is also 23 because God is representing healing. And a man is a terrible thing to waste. And yet, uh, you know, we all have a physical body. Uh, we are living in a time that uh, is our time now. Uh, it is time for a change, a change of your mind. And then uh, the spiritual part is uh, God is also soul. Uh, and uh, God is free. And God is understanding to me in a con unconditional way, in a gappy way, and it's all uh, demonstrated in love, and love is still the greatest, and the greatest is you, uh, in your heart, in your mind, uh, I uh, like to think, you know, I am, I like to think uh, we, us, our uh, city, Chicago, have to stop the violence, the robbing, stealing, and the killing, and the looting, and the uh, uh, hijacking. You know, uh, uh, Mayor Washington was not about that. Dr. King was not about that. And the Honorable Mayor Harold Lee Washington, he uh, made Dr. King or created the legislation that made Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Earth Day birthday uh, a legal holiday. And as a result, we got we got uh, Plump. Plump is, and I uh, interpreted my name as Peace, Love, Unity, Marketing People. And we are going to be marketing Malcolm X today. We're going to be honoring Malcolm X from uh, 2.30 to 4.30 today at Lake Grove Village. And that's at 3515 South Cottage Grove. 
and it is a uh, community unity day. See, Malcolm demonstrated with unity in the community. Information is a key to success, and the truth is the best. So uh, I'm going to be singing my song, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine, Lord, I'm going to let it shine. And before my grandmother departed, you know, she told me something very special and spiritual, and it's lasting a lifetime. I said, Mama, I know you're going to heaven, so I want to know what should I do. And she said, Bobby, stick with the Lord, boy. <laughs> so I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, and I'm wise. And uh, we should learn better, know better, and be and, and, and be better. And anyone needs to get into the building, they need to call me at three one two six seven one two seven seven three. And I do believe, no doubt, uh, that from Dr. King' experience. And also uh, uh, in the COINTEL, you know, uh, Dr. King experience, oh, yes, the FBI had a hand in that, you know. Right. Uh, there may have been some things uh, that were said, uh, you know, uh, that uh, perhaps, uh, you know, uh, I'm not certain, I'm not, uh, but I remember I heard uh, a tape a long time ago uh, that uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad produced, and it was his voice. He said, leave Malcolm X alone. So we must leave the violence alone. And 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 I remember that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was the first one to say that the black woman was beautiful and we should uh, not kill our brothers and sisters. That was not disconcerting uh, Malcolm. Uh, it was concerning all of us. So we have to stop the violence. And so we're going to be discussing that. And, uh, you know, as a way of life that we can uh, start healing and improve ourselves and develop ourselves in God right. and God's love. Uh, well, so thank, thank you. We thank love you. you. Keep up the good work, Dr. B, and thank God for the female solution. We love Hallelujah. all of you. Hallelujah. Minister yes, Plump is doing a great work in Chicago working to bring unity in the community. And I'm glad to see South Shore residents are resisting like crazy any immigrants coming in their neighborhood. And uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's running for president, is going to be in that Chicago neighborhood, I think, today or tomorrow. So look for Vivek Ramaswamy. Great, great uh, lecturer, debater that might become president. He would be the first Indian president. I'm, I'm rooting for him. Anyway, we got to take a commercial break. Thank you, Minister Plum. Keep up the good work promoting unity in the community. That has got to be the message of Malcolm X with all that we know about him. The, the, the men who pulled the trigger, I believe, were persuaded by FBI, CIA-type U.S. government uh, corruption to do what they did, um, given that, as you said, there was a voice that said, leave him alone. And even though Mr. Farrakhan had a parole in promoting fuel in the fire, he has now regretted it. And prostate cancer has a way of waking people up into uh, humility, I'll say, humility. 
So we got to take a break, and we'll be right back with some explanation of ACEs because all of us should be aware how how influential our adverse childhood experiences are on our health as adults. Are you constantly arguing with your spouse? Are your children misbehaving and acting out? Is someone in your family abusing drugs? Have you been the victim of domestic violence? Are you grieving over the loss of a loved one? Let us help you restore serenity to your life. At Serenity Family Social Services, we understand that good mental health is a result of emotional well-being. Our goal is to assist you and your family in removing emotional distress and restoring harmony and balance to your lives. We offer individual, couples, and family counseling. I'm Howard Williams, CEO of Serenity Family Social Services. Call us today at 312-315-4820. That's 312-315-4820. Everything you need, what your body needs, is found in nature. So Susan Essentials doesn't do it any other way. Susan Essentials provides your employees and individuals access to over 20,000 nutritional products and they are shipped direct to your door. Because Susan Essentials is certified in plant-based healing, we're permitted to offer you the best nutritional supplements on the planet. They're non-GMO and sustainably produced, and we take the guesswork out for you. Let Susan Essentials help you take control of your health today. Have you ever dreamed of going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people, enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel? Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, we will share travel tips that will help you stay safe while you enjoy the journey. Join me every third Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and move around with Deborah here on the Female Solutions Show. Call in and comment 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak. joining me this morning as we collectively raise our consciousness, raise our awareness to heal because of adverse childhood experiences. We all had them. There were very few of us who had perfect parents, who had perfectly joyful, happy, peaceful childhood experiences. Once we become aware of the impact that ACEs has on our lives all the way into adulthood, then we can begin to heal it. And that's what we're doing today. Babylon is real for those who are still in that mindset now. 
as I said, Mother's Day, I was in a field of sunflowers at a farm not far from my house. No babble on there, just beautiful flower energy. You can find it. You can find it, but you have to look for it. You have to choose to come out of Babylon and first in the mind and heal those adverse childhood experiences. So I have a uh, audio and a video of um, Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris. She's California's first surgeon general, and she gives a, little, a, a, a talk about understanding ACEs a very professional, beautiful, brown-skinned woman. We're going to listen to her for a minute uh, about ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, understanding it. The term ACEs stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And these are stressful or traumatic experiences that happen in childhood that can increase the risk for significant health, mental health, and behavioral consequences later in life. They really come from a big landmark research study that was done by the CDC and Kaiser now more than 20 years ago in which they asked adults about their history of 10 categories of adverse childhood experiences And these include physical, emotional, or sexual abuse, physical or emotional neglect, or growing up in a household where a parent experienced mental illness, substance dependence, uh, incarceration, where there was parental separation or divorce, or intimate partner violence. What they found was number one, ACEs are super common, and number two, that there's this really significant effect So there's a direct, what we call a dose-response relationship between adverse childhood experiences and some of the most significant and serious health conditions that are facing Americans today. Two-thirds of individuals had experienced at least one, and one in eight folks had experienced four or more. When we talk about how many of us have experienced ACEs, what we see is that ACEs impact every community, every demographic group, but it impacts our vulnerable communities in a, a disproportionate level. The big surprise about the ACE study was that for someone with four more ACEs, their risk of heart disease was double, right? For stroke and cancer and liver disease and diabetes, even autoimmune disease. And a lot of these things are things that we didn't kind of traditionally or intuitively associate with childhood trauma. But now we can use this science to understand actually what happens in our brains and bodies when we're exposed to trauma or adversity and especially in childhood. The term, the toxic stress response, actually refers to the prolonged activation of our body's stress response, the release of all those stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol and all those things that go along with our stress response, and then also the ways in which that affects our bodies. Children are especially vulnerable to this repeated activation of the stress response 
because their brains and bodies are just developing. So high doses of adversity in children actually changes the way their brains develop. It changes the way their hormonal systems develop, their immune system develops, and even the way their DNA is read and transcribed. And those long-term changes are what we refer to as the toxic stress response. One of the things that's really challenging about ACEs is that they tend to repeat in families generation after generation. And I will say this as someone who has experienced my fair share of ACEs, understanding how that might be impacting me and being able to recognize that for me is really the key for being able to do things differently. When we understand what happens in our bodies with the toxic stress response, and we understand that it's that prolonged activation of our stress response, then step one is really understanding what are the things that help to regulate our stress response. And immediately at that point, we begin decreasing the harm that happened as a result of our past experiences. So things like mindfulness, right, meditation, spending time in nature, uh, mental health interventions, regular exercise, nutritional strategies, and my favorite, healthy relationships. All of these things are really scientifically demonstrated to help to regulate the biological stress response, and they improve our outcomes for those of us who have experienced ACEs. These nurturing relationships, they, they feel good, which is good, of course, but they literally change our biology. When we have safe, stable, and nurturing relationships in our lives, it improves our neurologic functioning, it improves our hormonal regulation, it improves our immune functioning, and these social supports are critical part of healing. If we all understand our role in being a source of buffering care to a young person in need, that is truly transformative. ACES Aware is a first-in-the-nation effort to train our healthcare providers how to screen for adverse childhood experiences and how to respond in an evidence-based, trauma-informed way that helps to improve outcomes for children and adults. ACEs are not destiny. Even if someone has experienced significant ACEs, it doesn't mean that they are absolutely going to have these negative outcomes. Recognizing our ACEs requires us to recognize our vulnerability. And that can be really scary. But it also is the place where we, we get a chance to ask for what we need. I deeply believe 
that we can cut ACEs and toxic stress by half in one generation. Again, she says ACEs aware she teaches for professionals in the health field. I think we all can do a little course on ACEs aware. Let's let's just everybody become ACEs aware. I had sat down with a client recently for two hours, and I had asked him to list 10 of his, list at least 10 traumas in his childhood that he thinks affected his life. He's struggling with prostate cancer now. So I sat two hours. We went over this list of 10, which turned out to be 18, it, moving into more uh, puberty and adult life. And the way that he was describing these events was like a movie. And it became so entertaining for both of us to have this awareness of his ACEs that we started to laugh about it. And that we got into um, a place of healing because the the events became state uh, stages of his growth. Number one, stages of his experience, but it became episodes in his movie drama. And I think as we all become aces aware, then we can move into an attitude of humor. That we, if you're still sitting here, you're still alive, you're not in serious pain, then you can almost laugh about these adverse childhood experiences. But unlike um, Malcolm X's daughter, she's still suffering from that. And it took an apology, I think, by Minister Farrakhan for her to move to another level of healing because of the stress of knowing as a child and then growing into the awareness that Minister Farrakhan had a role in what she believed was her father's death. So the apology that came helped her, I believe, release some of that. But I want to just play, we got another call, but I want to play one more uh, audio of uh, uh, effects of ACEs on relationships. This is Rachel, a woman by the name of Rachel Kane. And she talked about the effects of ACEs on adult relationships, which is key, so important that we all are aware of the effect of ACEs on our adult relationships. Hello and welcome. My name is Rachel Kane, and I am presenting my honors capstone defense. During my senior year at Black Hill State University, I created a project to examine the effects that adverse childhood experiences have on romantic relationships in adulthood. I am so thrilled to be able to share the results of my project with you today. So what exactly are adverse childhood experiences? The CDC has defined adverse childhood experiences, or ACEs, as notable, potentially traumatic events individuals can be exposed to sometime between birth and the age of 18. When we think of trauma, we often imagine the worst forms of physical harm that people can experience. However, that's not always the case. Trauma can include things such as physical abuse, yes, but it can also include divorce, substance abuse, and mental illness. ACEs cover a wide scale of trauma. So why does it matter? There is extensive research out there that documents the impact of childhood trauma. Unfortunately, it doesn't just magically go away the day you turn 18 and become an adult. 
The impacts of trauma in childhood are long-lasting and affect many areas of functioning. Increased exposure to childhood traumas multiplies the risk for several severe causes of death in adults. These include placing individuals at an increased risk for a variety of diseases, such as cancer, chronic lung disease, and heart disease. It also increases the risk for skeletal fractures, obesity, and even early mortality. And those are just the physical implications. There are mental health implications as well, such as increased risk for depression and anxiety and mental illnesses in general, poor emotion regulation, and suicidality. Finally, there are even behavioral influences that occur as a result of childhood trauma. Individuals who have experienced more ACEs are more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, smoke, have a higher number of sexual partners, and have a greater chance of being exposed to sexually transmitted diseases. The impacts of ACEs on adult health are clear and apparent. When the original ACE study was conducted in the late 90s at the Kaiser Permanente Health Clinic in Southern California, researchers found that 50% of the population they surveyed had experienced at least one ACE during their childhood, and 25% had experienced two or more. As the number of ACEs an individual has experienced goes up, so does their risk for impaired functioning later on in life. Trauma doesn't only have to be experienced to have a significant impact on someone. Being a witness to a traumatic event is just as harmful. That is why there's an intergenerational transmission of trauma. When parents and other guardians do not recover from their own traumatic experiences, that directly impacts the children they raise. And it doesn't have to be a severe form of abuse to have an impact. Take divorce, for example. Not all divorces involve nasty custody battles and fights. Some couples choose to part ways amicably. Even so, that's considered a trauma for the adults and children involved. I bet you never thought that your marriage could influence the quality of your children's romantic relationship or who they pick as a romantic partner, but it does. Parental divorce significantly increases the risk of negative emotional, behavioral, and health outcomes for children involved. It leads them to be less trusting of their romantic partners higher divorce rates, and higher levels of relationship dissatisfaction. Trauma impacts witnesses and those directly related to the person who experienced it in a similar manner. The effects are devastating both ways. Now that you've heard a bit of background information explaining the importance of ACEs and the effect they have on functioning for so many people, I'll get into the details of my project. I knew that childhood trauma influences physical, emotional, and mental functioning throughout the lifespan. But when I was thinking about how I wanted to set up my project, a couple of questions popped into my head. How does childhood trauma affect the way we relate to other people? And how do these changes alter our preferences for people we choose to date and marry? For this project, I wanted to examine ACEs, but I added another component. The purpose of my project then became to identify which ACE items and which clusters of ACEs affect adult romantic relationships. To do this, I came up with three variables to measure adult romantic relationships. These three variables included current relationship status, current marital status, and number of long-term relationships, which I defined as lasting for a year or longer after the age of 16. My study was primarily exploratory, leading me to create these two broad research questions to examine. First, which ACE items have the strongest impact on marital status, number of romantic relationships, and current relationship status? And second, which cluster of ACEs has the strongest effect on adult romantic relationships?
As I have mentioned, I wanted to examine individual ACE items. This slide here shows the 10 individual ACE items that are on the ACE questionnaire. A participant filling this out would indicate a yes for one of these 10 questions if they had experienced that particular ACE item. Each time an individual answers yes, it counts for one point. Most of the research that's out there examines the effects of an individual's total ACE score, meaning their number out of 10 that they answered yes to. I wanted this study to be different to see if any one item has a greater influence than the others. What the heck do I mean when I say clusters of ACEs? The 10 individual ACE items can be grouped into three separate clusters, abuse, neglect, and household dysfunction. The first cluster is abuse, which contains ACE items regarding physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. The second cluster is neglect, containing items addressing both physical and emotional neglect. And the final cluster is household dysfunction, containing the remaining five ACE items regarding mental illness, incarcerated relatives, a mother treated violently, substance abuse, and divorce. Research has not yet examined this possible cluster effect in regard to ACEs. With this project, I wanted to see if one cluster had more impact on adult romantic relationships than others. To examine these research questions, I needed participants. Participants were recruited from various social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. In order to participate, individuals had to be at least 18 years of age. There was no age cap in this research. When my study concluded, I ended up having 93 total participants. I was thrilled with this result given that my study was only open for four weeks. Out of the 93 total participants, nine were excluded from data analysis. Six were eliminated because of the time that had elapsed from when they opened the survey link to when it closed was less than 45 seconds. This was not enough time for individuals to complete the survey in its entirety. Three more individuals were eliminated for time elapsed that was greater than 25,000 seconds, suggesting a carelessness in electronic responsiveness. And finally, an additional participant was removed because they did not meet the age requirements set up for this study. That left me with 84 participants to use for data analysis. On average, it took participants 158 seconds or approximately 2.6 minutes to complete this study. Of the individuals who chose to participate, 66% identified as biologically female, 33% as biologically male, and 1% as gender neutral. The mean age for participants was 27.25 years, and participants ranged in age from 18 to 69 years old. Diving into a bit of detail about my participant demographics, regarding participant race and ethnicity, 88% of participants identified as white or Caucasian, 3.6% of participants identified as either an American Indian or Alaskan Native or the other category, and 2.4% identified as Black or African American and Hispanic, Latino, or Spanish. In regards to marital status, 67% of participants indicated that they were single, 26% identified as married, and 7% identified as divorced. There were also widowed and separated options, but I did not have any participants within my sample indicate either of those two options in regard to marital status. In regard to current relationship status, 36% of participants were currently single, 31% were dating someone, 26% were married, and 7% were engaged. 
When it came to the variable of long-term relationships, I had to provide a definition for what qualified as a long-term relationship. As I have previously mentioned, I chose to define a long-term relationship as lasting for a year or longer after the age of 16. Out of my participant population, 17% had not had a relationship of that duration. Nearly 40% of respondents indicated only one serious long-term relationship, while 26% indicated having only two serious long-term relationships. The remaining 17% of respondents indicated having three or more long-term relationships lasting a year or longer after the age of 16. As I mentioned before, participants were recruited through the use of social media. They were asked to click on the link provided in the post, which then took them directly to the survey created through Psych Data. Participants were then presented with three different pages to fill out within the Psych Data system. The first was an informed consent document confirming their participation in this research. The second was a demographic form where they provided information about themselves and their romantic relationships. And the third and final page was the ACE questionnaire itself. So what did I find? For my data analysis, the predictor variables were my three measures of adult romantic relationships, current marital status, current relationship status, and number of long-term relationships. My outcome variables were then the 10 ACE items themselves. Statistical significance was set at P less than 0.05. The first analysis that I performed was a chi-squared test of independence. This analysis was performed to answer which of the 10 ACE items has the most influence on the three measures of adult romantic relationships. Each of the three variables were measured separately with the 10 ACE items. Significance less than 0.05 was found between two ACE items and the variable of marital status. There was no significance found with either of the other two variables, current relationship status or number of long-term relationships with any of the ACE items. Significance was found between divorced individuals and ACE item number two regarding physical abuse and ACE item number four regarding emotional neglect. So what does that mean? Divorced individuals are significantly more likely than married or single individuals to have been exposed to or subjected to physical abuse or emotional neglect in childhood. The next analysis I performed was another chi-squared test. This time, the question that came to mind was whether or not men and women differ in their Okay, I'm going to um, end that audio. If you're interested in learning more about her um, research, which is really good, I, I was just amazed. I was in school there about what she found. We've got to go to a break. When we come back, we have a caller, 321-368, you're next. But what I want to just note on that is um, she really points out the abuse, neglect, and household dysfunctions that are primarily responsible for the adverse childhood effects influence as an adult. Abuse, whether it's verbal, physical, sexual as a child, neglect, or I would say abandonment, rejection, and then household dysfunction, alcoholism. I, for one, had household dysfunction was my primary ace that I had to deal with most of my life, which caused me to be very promiscuous. And basically that was the main um, activity for me and fear. I had lots of fear growing up and uh, promiscuous. So household dysfunction for sure for me, neglect, abuse. I've divorced individuals were significantly more likely than married or single to have been physically or verbally abused. 
So let's just say this as we go to a break. You've been married five times, and you're still bitter about the relationship that you're either in or just uh, just left. Five marriages, and um, you're still bitter or not at peace about the last marriage 105, one I call it. You have a lot of aces to deal with and heal. Just just think about that. Just be when we are ready to admit the mental, physical, spiritual wounds that we experienced as children and even young adults, then we can heal and have better relationships. Malcolm X's daughter, that experience isn't even listed in the aces. Watching your father be shot down by uh, by men of of a dark skin. That's not even listed, so we we have no idea what the 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 healing that's needed in the bodies of Malcolm X's children or his wife, because that's a very unique ace experience. But we can be sure that it affected them, and it is affecting them as adults, as his daughter pointed out. Again, those of you who just joined that we're we're honoring Malcolm X today. It's his birth date when he entered the planet, and we are grateful, grateful for the lessons that we can learn from Malcolm's family who are still alive and even Minister Farrakhan who had prostate cancer over the last two years he struggled with that revealed to us the reality of ACEs and the impact it has on adult relationships. Remember, divorce is key, as she said in her study, and if you've been married more than once, twice, three, four, five, the more marriages and you're still bitter, ah, go back to school, please. Go back to healing school because the relationships going forward are going to be affected by your attitude and your response, your reaction to your divorces and your aces. You haven't healed your childhood experiences. You should be able to laugh at them at this point and see the drama that played out in your life as a lesson. So we'll be right back after these messages. Uh, Thank you for hanging in here. Great lesson. I'm Beata, your Holistic Life Coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com, and I'm Viato. Oh, man, God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out and we're sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, 
The light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456, and schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456. Tune in to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Soulful Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. Healing while living in Babylon. Yes, Babylon is everywhere. Confusion, confusion. I just got a notice on my phone about some organic apples at Costco have the appeal label on them. A-P-E-E-L, I think it is. Watch out for those. Those are Bill Gates' new uh, produce, genetically modified produce from what I understand. But if you see organic apples with a, or any fruit or vegetables with the label on it that says appeal that's a bill gates production and i would just that's babylon for you confusion confusion you think organic is good and then you see bill gates has put his fingers on it ah. so be wise be be uh uh consciously aware and today we're talking about aces aware the fact that abuses neglect and household dysfunction have had played a major role in the relationships that we have as adults, as well as our health and uh, disease prevention. And my my uh, philosophy is eat less because the food is all kind of shaky these days and move more. Eat less, move more. You're better off taking a walk than sitting down to a plate of dead animals and appeal vegetables and fruits. Anyway, let's go to the phone and hear from you. This show is, welcomes your participation, your comments, your feedback. What are you experiencing in Babylon? Are you in the, the sunflower field or are you in the concrete reservation worrying about what your mayor's going to do uh, today? Oh, my goodness. 321-368, your mic is open. Welcome, and give us your comment, your name, where you're from, and all that. Yes, hello, this is Mikhail, and uh, I'm in Melbourne, Florida. Hi, Mikhail, and, uh, my my best friend. 
Anyway, as I listen, I want to just, you know, thank you for uh, this this uh, program and the, the issues that are being brought out and the solutions that are being presented. As I, <clears throat> as I listen, I thought about how the doctors, you know, when you go to the doctor, they give you this this chart and where you have to list uh, about your family health and all that kind of stuff. Usually it's mm-hmm. about physical uh, issues from what I recall. Uh, I don't know if they even mentioned about mental health. But, uh, and, and I think they most surely don't mention about your emotional health. And, right. uh, you know, and as I'm listening to the program, I'm thinking, okay, how uh, emotionally coming up, you know, which the doctors never, I guess, on those charts could could pinpoint that I had a short fuse. Uh, you know, I had a real high temper, and uh, also uh, with that came explosive uh, reactions where, you know, I just explode on a person or or, or people. <laughs> but um, I, um, as I was listening to, to the show, I was thinking that possibly – the reason why I had that short temper and, and they used to curse a lot, I used to out curse a sailor because uh, I was raised in an environment where cursing was all, was, I mean, it was an everyday occurrence. I mean, uh, I was given away twice, okay? So that's going to be, it was going to be a factor. Uh, you talked about abandonment and those kind of things, okay? And then... Uh, the first time that I was given away was I was given away to a distant relative that was uh, basically a relative through marriage, and uh, she was a loving uh, Christian uh, person that really loved me, and uh, I have good, great memories of that. But then, the second time that I was given away, uh, it was to uh, my uh, my dad's sister. Uh, who was very abusive uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, every kind of way. She she drank, she cussed and and raised hell all the time, (laughs) especially with me. I mean, it seemed like she was always angry with me uh, and used to, you know, emotionally... uh, put me down and stuff like that. And so I suffered a lot of mental adult uh, abuse along with physical abuse. And uh, and so I, I just grew up with a temper. I was always, uh, you know, I guess angry about stuff and didn't realize what it was. But uh, it was like when I, when I, when I, when I became married, I, I began to kind of identify as, as the uh, speaker was saying on the show. Uh, Also, uh, as a child, I went through uh, bullying. I was bullied at school. I wouldn't fight at one point in time. And I remember, you know, being raised by my aunt and uncle. My aunt, she was was more or less like the man uh, in the house. My uncle, he was just a, he was a hardworking man, but he wasn't a father figure. He'd work hard and then he'd just come home and pretty much just rest and, and, he would give her the check. She would take care of the bills and all of that stuff. And so that's how it was run. Him and I never did things uh, that fathers do 
with with their son. So I didn't have that coming up. But anyway. The question right now, you say your upbringing had kind of a Babylon experience? Yes. Okay. Yes, because I I, I had uh, given some uh, examples of that when I did that, um, when you did the show about the house, and I was telling about different things that went on in that. We we owned a rooming house, and so there was a lot of uh, traumatic um, occurrence. (laughs) Yeah, that went on there. That also obviously affected me uh, in later life, and so... I really wasn't able to identify these these things uh, until my first marriage. I, I started to uh, identify some of those things, but by then I was perpetrating a lot of the uh, toxic reactions that they were talking about in the in the program here. Um, and so it ended up that uh, my wife, uh, my first wife, she kept saying, "You know, you need to get help. You need to." <laughs> You need to go and uh, get therapy and stuff. And I didn't believe in therapy. I, I you know, I would say, well, I'm not crazy. And, and so, what do I need help? What do I need therapy for? Somebody sit out, you know, and, and listen to me tell stories. But anyway, uh, she kept admonishing me to, to get some help. And ultimately, I never got help. She ended up divorcing me because she told me, she said, I'm going to leave your ass <laughs> if you don't get some help. And that's yeah. a hard thing to do, actually, I believe, when somebody says, I can't take this anymore because she hasn't healed either. When the other party right. says, I can't take this anymore, that's a sign that their A score was probably pretty high, right? Yes, because we used to talk about we both were raised in abusive homes. And so yeah, we used to talk about that and, and, and the whole you know, and, and a lot of a lot of uh, other things that happened uh as we uh came up as children. So yes, but then when my second marriage is really when things started happening on the up and up and I believe that that the uh, that the multi sent both of these women into my life at different times, different stages of my development. And so uh during my second marriage, my my wife she had she had uh, also been raised in abusive uh, household, but she had come into the awareness of of therapeutic help, and uh, she uh, exposed me to people like John Bradshaw, you know, and and his uh, books on like healing the shame, uh, healing the child within, and those kind of things. And so we we studied those together. We uh, watched him on TV and different things, uh, some of his uh, shows, and we talked. We talked about it. And so it helped me to actually be able to identify specifically toxic conditions and then uh, doing, uh, you know, going about solving those problems. And so with that, I'm yeah. going to cut it short and just end it here and let you, you know, if you have any questions. Uh, I'm going to, yes, and I had another caller. Oh, wait, they disappeared. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because what it says to me is that, oh, there they are. What it says to me is that you were low on the narcissistic spectrum because narcissistic 
strong narcissistic energy on the spectrum. For those of you who've been listening to the show and Dr. Debbie, narcissism is a spectrum of strengths and weak uh, energy. The weak narcissistic energy is you recognize you need help. You, my brother, Mikael, recognize at some point, thanks to the women in your life and probably others, that I need help. And that's what marriage is all about, people. Relationships are meant to bring to our attention when we need some help. And if you're not listening, if you're on the other end of the narcissistic spectrum, the strong, which means you have a lot of a high A score, I realize. High A score are usually very narcissistic. They don't think they need any help because they have been on uh, defense and and defense mode and protection mode, and they have a huge pain body that they're dealing with, either with alcohol control. But this is a, a, a thank you for your testimony, Mikael, because it shows us how to heal. One recognizing the adverse child experience you had and how it has affected you, whether it's promiscuity or or alcohol or some other addiction, and then working on responding to people in a more loving, uh, caring way because you realize you're in heal mode. And that's where we, how we heal in living in Babylon, finding the fields of sunflowers. And that's metaphorically as well as physically. Somewhere in your neighborhood, there's a field of sunflowers. And that could be trees. That could be water. I'm just thinking of the healing in in Babylon is about finding those oases in your area, in your neighborhood that bring you peace, that bring you joy, and that convict you about your past and your current behavior, the many divorces that you feel bitter about that you need to work on healing that. So let me go to the next caller. 773-450, your mic is open. Welcome. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your comment, please. Halloween greetings, shalom greetings, and uh, I would say grand rising to all. You know, okay. it's interesting. This is Obadiah. Obadiah. Why would you, why, first of all, you know, Babylon means city of confusion. So it's like your own mind is confusion. I really wanted to. Thank Mikael for stepping up to the plate and healing himself. That's what it's all about. He had bad experiences in his life that were out of his control. Now he's the power maker now. He can use every experience he has to better himself. He said he had a wife that had some value. She was messed up like him, but she brought him into something that he could use to heal himself. That is what life is about. I mean, if we we have parents that aren't worth two cents, we can learn from them and still love them in spite. I think sometimes in society we forget we're supposed to be changing the paradigm. If your parents would uh, uh, ruin, that's because society helped ruin them and maybe somebody before them helped ruin them. When do you change the whole spectrum in your whole genetic situation? When do you change that? It's up to you. You can't depend on a politician, a president, or a mayor, or anybody else to do that. As a matter of fact, it's actually opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. It's just like black people as a race. If they just unified, they'd be the kings of the world. You don't have to do anything but be together. If we work as a group, as we, us, and our, 
then we go forward. If we fight each other and look at each other's worst parts and worst sides, then what you get is a world full of confusion. You turn on the television. It's telling you about how somebody got killed and how horrible it is, and you should be afraid when you open your door. Who wants to live like that? Why don't you turn the television off and go outside and let the, let the, let the earth and let the most high tell you what you're supposed to do? There are bird messengers out there, all types of things to uplift you and make you feel better. There's so much out there, you don't even need the television except to make sure you're helping people get away from confusion. But that's interesting because when they always say your childhood experiences ruin your life, your parents didn't know how to be parents. There's no book on how to be a parent. And so the reality is whatever you get, learn to take whatever you get and turn it around. I had a friend call me Mr. Optimistic, and I went and helped another friend. I have actually helped somebody stop committing suicide. I said, you could do that. Ain't that the easiest way to get out? Why don't you stand up and do something and change what's going on? Be the power maker. And they changed to stop that, saying, I got a whole lot of reasons to be alive. And to this day, they're doing positive things. All of us got a place, but it's not the place they tell us we have. We got to stop be still, separate ourselves, and get away and find out what your true purpose is on this planet. We spend too much time auditioning for creatures, and there's a creator we should audition for. A creature can't give you breath. They can only do so much. Why do we expect so much from them? So well, my point is yeah. this. Take advantage of everything that comes your way, good or bad. The absolutely worst That's- situations would be your life towards the end of the tunnel. If you can transform. Thank you. Positive words from our brother uh, Obadiah in Chicago, my favorite town of birth. That's all. I'm not going back too soon, but you all are having fun, I know, up there in Chicago. So, And you've got some beautiful people there like uh, Minister Plump and Obadiah who are bringing light to that place. So, when when you talk about, quote, bad experiences, there are no bad experiences. In my mind, this is my mind and my experience of going, getting into out of duality, good, bad, wrong, right, because even um, Malcolm X's daughter had to have that experience of seeing her father shot down so that today, She can minister to other people about her experience. So in my mind, everything's in divine order, even the abuses we experience. My alcoholic mother was a blessing for me, a blessing, because now I'm so sensitive and compassionate and empathetic toward people who are addicted to alcohol. And I realized I used to throw my mother's alcohol down the the drain. I used to pour it down the drain because I was so frustrated, so sad about that experience, my mother still got liver cancer and died at the age of 66. So all my efforts to control that situation, they didn't work. And uh, the relationship I had with my mother at the end was so beautiful, so wonderful in lessons for me as her adult child to say, thank you, Mom, for all you did. I couldn't take away all your pain, but I love you anyway. And, and on some level, someone like Malcolm X's daughter, there's a deep soul wound there 
that only the creator and the universe can help heal for her. But she is teaching us now. So I don't believe there are, quote, bad experiences, wrong things happening if we are consciously aware that everything is in divine order and meant for our good. So I have one more audio I'd like to share. We might go over a little. But Gary Zukoff wrote a book called The Seed of the Soul. And on this level of soul healing, he talks about healing a shattered soul. And I want to just play, it's only about four minutes, so we might go over a little. If you want to hear it, stay stay with us. Uh, call in if you want to hear it, because we'll go over. But that's what happens on such a level of Malcolm X's daughter and her mother and her sister, a deep shattered soul, and to live in fear for the rest of your young life and then adult. And Gary gives some words of encouragement about healing uh, the deep shattered soul. I'm Gary Zukav, and I want to talk to you about the soul. Well, I always want to talk to you about the soul. That's why we have the Seat of the Soul Institute. That's why I wrote The Seat of the Soul. That's why Linda and I have written the books that we have, and that's why we offer the programs and the activities that we do. Everything revolves around the soul. However, until we entered a transformation in our consciousness, a transformation in the consciousness of humankind, we weren't able to talk about the soul except as an idea or a theological concept. And that's because the transformation in our consciousness that we have entered, or that is upon us now, is the transformation of us individually and collectively from, a, from five sensory personalities into multi-sensory personalities. A five-sensory personality is one that's limited in its perception to what it can see and taste and touch and hear and smell. And it evolves by exploring the physical world with its five senses. That's external power. Now we're becoming multi-sensory personalities. Personalities that grow through emotional awareness and responsible choice. Personalities that grow through aligning themselves with their souls with the assistance and guidance of non-physical guides and teachers. Well, you can see already, just with these things that I've said, none of this made sense to the five sensory species that we were. And it doesn't make sense to the five sensory individuals who still inhabit our earth. This is changing because in them is now emerging multi-sensory perception. So I want to talk to you in this video about psychology. I love psychology. I used to study it. At one time I thought I'd get a degree in it. But I discovered something when I began to look at the impact of multisensory perception. That is, psychology doesn't apply. It can't apply because psychology doesn't recognize the soul. This is a little ironic because psychology means the study of the spirit, but it's never been that. So psychology comes as close as it can without recognizing that we, we actually are spirits. And so it studies affect, cognition, and perception. That means how we feel, uh, what we can see, how we think. In other words, psychology has been the study of the personality. And so dysfunctions of the personality 
have been approached from these limitations. But as we become multisensory, we begin to see that dysfunctions of the personality cannot be understood, much less healed, without an understanding of the soul. The personality is a physically reduced counterpart of the soul, and therefore healing of the personality cannot occur at that level, at the level of five sensory psychology, because it does not take into account the soul of which the personality is an energy tool. Put it this way. All of the distortions of the personality, such as hatred, resentment, overwhelm, despair, jealousy, brutality, cannot be understood apart from the karmic circumstances that generated these dysfunctions or these distortions. These distortions are exactly what the personality, the physically reduced counterpart of the soul, takes upon itself into the earth school so that the soul can be seen as it is when it's in the control of these aspects of itself. A shattered soul, a soul that's not whole, a soul that's not integrated. Creating authentic power is the process of integration, the process of becoming whole. And the vehicle for doing that is your personality and your free will. A powerful message reminding us the soul has to be healed. And I want to comment on some of our faith. Since we're overtime anyway, we're in overtime. Uh, the show, uh, Naima Latif, our executive producer, Grand Rising Beautiful Teacher, this is so powerful. All of us have experienced ACEs on some level. We must acknowledge it in order to heal our adult relationship if we want to heal. As I said, there are narcissistic people on the extreme don't want to heal. Because the wound is so deep and the pain is so deep. Uh, HLN TV, that's Zelda, says Grand Rising. And Zelda, our Monday morning host, says anything wrapped in plastic is not organic. Natural foods don't need plastic to keep from spoiling. Hallelujah, that's so true. So watch out for that appeal from Bill Gates, which might be in plastic. And Deborah Smith, our um, Saturday host, said, yes, help is here. Thank you. So final words is transformation in Babylon. That's the thought we need to have as we go forward in this crazy society. And do I see another hand up? Let me go ahead here and open up a mic uh, since we're in overtime. 773-977. Your mic is open. Did I get you already? Good morning. Good morning to all. Glory be to God, as always. This is Lois here in Chicago, Illinois. And, you know, we just have to uh, just say thank you, Jesus, those of us who uh, gave birth uh, uh, to a a baby with ten fingers and two eyes and et cetera. You know, we, we, we still should be shouting. No matter what, no matter what problems we have with those babies, we have to remember the day they were born, how God gave them to us. I wanted to know, my question is to Miguel. I wonder, out of his three marriages, did he, uh, did God bless him with any children? And if so, were any of them affected from his behavior? Uh, okay, let me see. Where is his number? Thank you, Lois. 
uh, for your beautiful greeting as always. And um, yes, I know Mikhail is a very good friend of mine, partner, soul partnership, and he has two children. Let me see if he's still there. Um, yeah, Mikhail. I'm still here. I'm still here. Do you want to answer her? Yes. Um, I I had two children, and um, I. I started raising them like I was raised, which was abusive. But during that that first marriage, I didn't have any children in my second marriage because um, I um, I had gotten uh, a vasectomy after my first uh, from my uh, first time around because my wife she had she would have. Um, very hard deliveries, and so uh, I went and uh, got a vasectomy so she wouldn't have to go through uh, what she went through after our second child. So uh, I started raising raising them like I was raised, but then I realized at some point in time that my children were afraid of me. I didn't like that. And so... That helped me to start looking at how I was being with them, as as you all talked about relationship, and also it helped me to realize how I was being with my wife, uh, because she wasn't necessarily afraid of me because I I wasn't violent towards either of them, but I I was abusive, uh, you know, as far as with the children. Uh, I guess uh, vocally being abusive and then physically, you know, spanking them. But I, really, I didn't spank them; I beat them. <laughs> and so I had to progress. The Vietnam War veteran maybe contributed to all that anger as well, right? Well, yes. Actually, I wanted to say this when I was first talk when I was uh, talking earlier, but I didn't because I didn't want to be too lengthy. But I. You know, I had went into uh, various uh, addictions. You know, uh, I drank. I was a sex addict, love addict, and 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 uh, you know, and and other addictions. Uh, and so, I never. I wanted to say this uh, for the listening uh, audience that I never used uh, really. Uh, we'll say uh, drugs like marijuana before going into the service. Once I uh, went to Vietnam, I was uh, introduced to uh, smoking pot and stuff because it was a sort of an escape mechanism, uh, being on all of that stress. Yes. Yeah, they taught me, you know, hey, this is what we do to, you know, we just, we just, when we do this, we, we kind of go away to another uh, plane, another platform, and that, that was so. I mean, the pain, the soul. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, of course, uh, yeah. To answer Lois, yeah, he had children. He uh, practiced what his parent or his uh, guardians told taught him abuse and verbal and and so now we're in transformation phase. This chaos we've been in for the last three years is a wake up huge wake up call, and now we're seeing even more chaos, confusion, the gender confusion. 
Babylon is real, but transform in Babylon. Find the sunflower fields of trees and flowers and water. Water, water. Go to the beach if you can. But we are here for such a time as this to help this generation to not repeat what we have experienced in Asia and but to bring them to a new level. Transformation, awareness, light, and love, passion, wisdom, all of that. We're here to together to do this. Let's work together to raise the vibration and teach what we have learned coming out of our mystic energy and abuses and into more peace, love for self, unconditional love. Let us teach unconditional So I hope this show has been helpful for you to transform in Babylon, that's the word, and become more emotionally aware of where we are and what we need to hear. Hallelujah. Japan. Arigato. Korea. Kamsamnida. Russia, Spasiba. Germany, Danke. Poland, John Kujon. France, Merci. Spain, Gracias. Italy, Grazie. Egypt, Shukran. Ghana, Medasi. Nigeria, Eshe. South Africa, Ngiabonga. Senegal, Jaret. Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalam alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessing. They can't take away our son yet. Okay, we'll work on that too. Have a great day. Thank you. Shalom. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.